Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Music is the Key. This is the season finale. What's going on, Blazing Bruce? What what's up? Happening, Yo, season finale. Like, this is like some crazy shit series. <laughs> season it. finale. This is episode 20 of Music is the Key. Season finale. We'll be back after a couple of weeks. But yeah, man, today we're going to give you guys a great show. It's going to be beautiful today. How, how, how did you guys enjoy your... Uh, holiday weekend um yeah I I, clock, we were just man. talking about i went to the record store i'm <laughs> you know i didn't really do shit much after besides that maybe chill with family have a glass of that snoop wine oh <laughs> hey that wine will get you right so you know what snoop it's not bad it's not that wine bad is, that wine is very good that wine is very good um i've had the opportunity to to have a couple of bottles of that you know due to some friends but yeah, that wine is very good. I, I had to I have to pose this question. How does it rate against the Earl Stevens collection? Uh it don't. Uh Earl is my man. You know, I've never I'll never put nobody up against that Earl, but um <laughs> Snoop is right there with Snoop is right there with 40, uh with the 40 collection. But uh I, I I'm gonna always ride with Earl first though. All right. Because uh, was it Taste the music. Nah, taste the music came from Clear. Um, what was it that came from Earl that you reached? They um, might be taping. They might be taping. That's they right. might be taping. Came directly from E40. Like I literally went to E40. Um, he came to Atlanta. Actually, somebody told me he was gonna be there. Either I was gonna catch him there or the recording studio. And I asked specifically. I showed him the old logo, the, the lady with the camera, and I said, "Hey, 40." I had it on my um. I had a trio at that time. So that shows you how far long ago this was. And on the trio, you could actually pull up full images. It was just like a little computer. Um, I showed him that trio. He was like, damn. He was like, I wish I'd have thought of that. You got it, loved one. He said it just like that, man. And I was like, damn, man, is that easy? He said, yeah, man, good. Handshake, bam, kept it moving. And I was, I've, I've been forever uh, in, in, in ingratiated to him, man. I, I love E40 for that. So I'm always going to ride with Earl. <laughs> Shout out to 40 Water. <laughs> Earl. Shout out to 40 Water. Nice little story. What you do over the holiday, Bruce? Um, besides being on the clock. Oh. Um, not much. I, you know, I did make a, uh, I did make a stop at the uh, record store today to pick up some 45 sleeves. Mm. Um, I bought some too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I picked up a, a like a, a Bollywood single as well, which I couldn't find any information on. I just took a, took a uh, took a chance on it, and it's pretty pretty cool to my ears, at least. I don't know what they're singing about, but I, like I think the this was the sentiment over the weekend. Cause <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess we all got it in, huh? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know that's so funny that you ones. mentioned that because I don't I don't have it on vinyl, but it's like a Bollywood. I wish I wish I could just play it, but it's about Bruce Lee. It's a really? Bruce, it's a song about Bruce Lee. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm a big Bruce Lee head. Me too. We can talk about that on another show, but I'm a big Bruce Lee. I have a quote on my ribs. His daughter was going to officiate our wedding. Really? Yeah. Like I met her. Um, there was a, a Bruce Lee commemorative um, breaking jam in Fort Lauderdale, Florida about 10 years ago. And she was actually 
um, receiving an award at that event, and I was what? DJing it. So ever since I was young, my mom put me on some martial arts movies when I was young. She had a only crush on Jean-Claude Van Damme back in the 80s. So I was I always came up around like kung fu flicks and stuff. So I watching blood sport and stuff. Don't you know? Blood sport, freak it, all all lot what's it called? Um double impact. Oh, um, we, oh that's right. <laughs> all the JCVD joints, yo. Um, so I you know, I'd never had many girls like, oh, I love this pop star, I love that pop star. I'm like, I like Bruce Lee. Like I was just weird like that. Um, but when I became an adult, I just got deeper into his his life and his philosophies on life and just his his background and learning more about the man um, uh, rather than just the martial artist. So yeah. then I became a real big fan. And I just, you know, was having a conversation with her. Super cool, down to earth, knows her hip hop, by the way, knows her music. And um, we became friends on Facebook. This was, you know, years ago. And at the time, she only had like two or 300 friends. She was very to herself. Um, and then once I knew or we knew we were going to get married, I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit her up. Because I'm not a really religious person. But I was like, man, it like what, what could top? Because she officiates weddings. I was yeah. like, what could top having Bruce Lee's daughter <laughs> officiate our wedding? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to just reach out. I'm, is like last time where we were talking about Ma Dukes, I'm like, I'm going to just throw it out there if she wants to come over for wine. So I'm like, I'm going to just throw it out there and see if if we covered everything. Um, would she come to New York City and officiate our wedding? And she was down. The only thing um, in 2013, she had to be in that time frame, had to be in Hong Kong for what uh, they were celebrating her father's life at, at an event there. And, you know, she that was, you know, takes priority. But at least she responded and was down and that just made my day. But, yeah. Have you seen the statue <laughs> in Chinatown? That was. Oh, yeah, of course. I love that. That that is my favorite. I, I feel like I have to go there at least once every two weeks just to look at it. I love that. I feel stuff. like they need to do more justice around it because I feel like they have cones or like like. Like it's a beautiful statue. It's just like around it, they're like, "All right, don't don't get near it. Don't touch it. We're doing some I'm, construction." Or last time I was there, at least it was like that. It's a little different right now. I like it. I like where it was originally before they moved it forward. Um, because oh, originally it, it was back. Um, it was back closer to where Saltbox was, and they ended up moving it forward to where that position is now. And mm. it's it's really not a cool position where it is. I understand why they did it. Cause that was kind of like in the middle of nowhere, like literally. I understand why, but like you said, it could still use a little more dressing. Yeah, such a dope statue, and I don't know if if you don't go inside that square. That's right. You won't know. Is that, is that where it is in in that in that square with the lights hanging up that you can yeah. walk through it? Okay. Oh, are, uh, well, a uh, little Tokyo. I mean, yeah, little Tokyo also looks like that. Um, yeah. yeah. But in, Chinatown, yeah, it's a similar. Damn, what? There's a jazz club right next to it. Was it? It's it right by it. Um, it it sits. Ah, uh, it sits right there on the right corner. Right in the entrance. Yeah. yeah, I spent at that place too. Ah, is is it called the something lounge? The uh, not Melody Lounge. Okay. Melody that's, Lounge is across the street. That's that's the area I'm referencing with the lights strung up. It's right there. Oh, it's, it is. It's, okay. it's across the street from there. Okay. Yeah, you just have. We have to walk in there. <laughs> 
yeah. Grand Star Jazz Club. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So yeah, if you're were- in LA and you want to see a dope statue of Bruce Lee, just go to the Grand Star Jazz Club. They do boombox, or they yep. used to do boombox, which is a dope, dope um, hip hop party uh, once a month, first Saturday of the month with Inca One. You have a dope, a lot of dope uh, hip hop DJs that spin that party too. So I did a little funk something in there on a Thursday one night. I was at Melody. I went there first, and then somebody, I guess they were giving someone a shot. Um, I don't know how it worked out. It was a little confusing going on with that person, but God bless them. And <laughs> I won't be spending with them again, but uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who's going first? <laughs> you, because um, I went first, and last yeah, week, me. Bruce, okay. and then now you. You All answered right. your own question. Well, then that's perfect, man. <laughs> no right, pressure. Well, since I'm going first, I'll go ahead and grab it's crazy too, because I normally have a record just sitting here waiting um perfectly, but it never. You can't stump the D. We're getting ready to start off with Naked Eyes. Um, this song is called Well, on this same album, you have songs like There's Always Something There to Remind Me. You got my favorite song from them called Promises. And the song I'm getting ready to play for you guys is called when the lights go out. I love this song so much and we're gonna hear it now. everything about this group man well i I mean anybody knows me knows though man i'm a a big fan of what they do over in the uk um pop and r&b wise to be honest with you and i just always just love the sound because even in the pop side there's always strong hints of r&b so i love it yeah what's what's the big single off that joint again um it's either always something there to remind me or you make me promises, promises. It's, it's, it's like all kind of little joints on here, man. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know that was who did the Always Something That Remind Me song. 
Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. That was definitely that was definitely a staple of my childhood, and I wouldn't have expected. Well, that, that's a good song, regardless. A great pop song, but I wouldn't have expected that um, to be the same group. This is one of my original joints from I've had since this actually dropped. Um, I used to love that always something there to remind me record, and I begged and begged and begged for this record, and yeah, I, this one of the ones I really kept. I kept it so clean too. I was so proud of this record, man. I bought it Tower Records on Sunset, so yeah. Wow, Tower. Yeah. Throwback. So that was one of your first like musical purchases, or it uh, a Prince record was my first, but um, that was definitely. Um, something that I literally I clean I made sure I cleaned up the house for like yeah can I do it you know it was always like you clean up you get a little something so yeah that was one of those records for me. Blaze, how about you? Do you do you remember what your one of your first m- musical purchases may have been that I made on my own like with yeah. my money? Yes, mm-hmm. Warren G Regulators. The clear. Come All on, right. Man. Yo, it's funny because I was talking about that the other day. I was like, you know what? When I saved up my money, and it's funny because it's not like I was I was a East Coast girl. What what do I know about Warren G, you know, at that time specifically? He was on um, Def Jam. Well, that's true. Maybe that's probably why I lean towards it. But I don't know. Like I like I I, I remember regulators was heavy on the radio. Um yeah, that, that was like the purchase i made with my money like that's boom, boom, like i'll put down my 20 like i'm balling give me yes. that regulators warren g <laughs> yes, yes. yeah so, so my yeah. first purchase um it was a single was uh the mo thugs ghetto cowboy cd single giddy up giddy up <laughs> with felicia singing on the hook yeah that's man my, yeah. shout out to lazy bone and felicia that you know that's his real life wife and, and oh, had, what? oh god i didn't know that that's had, his had wife powder on there too yeah <laughs> looking that's like hard. powder from the movie giddy up giddy up yeah that was my first that was my first musical purchase hell yeah who's up next I'll I go. believe that'll be me, Young Blade. Me. So, Blade Rock Symphony. Yeah. Um. So last year, you know, unfortunately, we lost so many people. Um. And one person that we lost was somebody that's big, legendary, um, and groundbreaking in the dancing scene. Shabadoo, one of the original lockers that you would see on Soul Train. He played Ozone in the movie Breaking, which this soundtrack was actually gifted to me maybe like 12, 10, 12 years ago. Um, but as a youngin watching this movie, even though I was born actually the same year this movie came out, but it was so influential um, oh. as like a timestamp of what Breaking was becoming and how it was influencing pop culture. Um, this this character right here, Kelly, to see her as a female doing this dance, that was really the only um, person as a female you were like, oh damn, like, oh, I'm gonna do it too. Like, you know, <laughs> things like that. You, it's weird how you, you're, you're motivated to do things, but 
this soundtrack in general is it's a time warp it's like you're going in a time capsule and then you're freaking dropped into the early 80s but so many jams on this and the one i'm actually going to play is uh body work by hot streak which is a sample as well um very easy to get from the very beginning so i'll just play it i don't know but i've been told Music make you lose control Work your body to the beat uh-huh. Body work will set you free Sound off One, two Sound off Three, four Bring it on down Bring it on down One, two, three, four One, two, three, four work hot streak off of the breaking soundtrack 83 yo like i said street people's on this cut it ain't nobody yeah loves me better yeah reckless yeah this is breaking um oh yeah there's no stopping us no stop no. There, yo all this shit in this in this soundtrack i was yeah. gonna ask you last week i was literally gonna ask you what you thought about that movie being a dancer because I've heard a lot of people um, more from the east. Uh oh, what happened? What that was he going to say? That might be part of his breaking routine. He might have froze on us real quick. Ah, he's like, freeze. The next move. Freeze. <laughs> well, well, I think he. I think I know he what he was going to say. Um, I think. 
the Breaking is not a reference movie per se, I, in my, uh, my opinion. It's more of like looking back at a time period, it's nostalgic. It's like that, that typical, typical feeling, good, feel good feeling you get from an 80s movie. You know what I'm saying? And then honestly, I, I feel like it was more geared towards West Coast style of dance rather than breaking. I mean, there were parts of breaking in breaking, of course, but it was mostly popping and locking, which um, um, comes, you know, mostly from the West Coast uh, as a West Coast style of dance. So mm -hmm. I think that's what he was going to ask me. Hopefully I answered it, you know. And, um, and m musically, it seems to have um sort of a a west coast feel to it as yeah. well slightly yeah. um yeah but like especially with uh with body work that like all those like t stereotypical breaking songs that very electronic -y, 80s mm -hmm. vibe 80s feel to it um yeah uh, the, the soundtrack uh, it, it's good it's good from from play to to end and um, yeah, a lot of bangers. Even when I when Shabadoo had passed last year in December, and um, the first thing I was gonna do, I was like, "Yo, I need to watch Breaking. I haven't seen Breaking in years." And then just watching it is corny, you know. Watching it now, but it's it's fun, you know. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So if and you haven't seen Breaking, watch it. It's good. Yes, yes, that is a classic. Um, and to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Blaze, but uh popping preceded breaking because i know like on the tv show what's happening i know rerun used to yeah. pop all the time and they and they had like you know poppers actually come on the show and that and that was late 70s mid late 70s yeah so, so this is a debate still within the hip-hop or dance community as far as when did this start, when did that start, there's elements of breaking and locking and popping in many different dance forms that date back into the early 1900s, actually. But hip-hop specifically, I don't, I, I want to say it's tough because you have, like you said, people like Rerun, um, People like the, uh, the the lockers who were famous on on Soul Train and the, the early variety dance shows they were locking they weren't they weren't breaking, um, mm -hmm. so I want to say you know those dance styles probably emerged first, but then again um, I don't know we need to get somebody here that probably knows or let me do my research and I'll get back at you with that but yeah. Um, so Daryl's like, yo, I ain't doing this show no more. <laughs> well, <laughs> since since Daryl's on a, uh, a a technical hiatus, a brief technical yeah. hiatus, I'm gonna uh, go along with my next uh, with my selection, and this is by Brazilian uh, trumpeter composer Marcio Monterios, and um, he actually and this is on his 1982 album. Is it 82? Yes. Uh, Magic Moment on CBS Records. Um, so Marcio, he actually played on a lot of uh, late 70s, early mid 80s U.S. jazz fusion albums. Um, I want to say he only had maybe two or three that came out stateside, but he was doing, you know, Brazilian soundtracks and he had his own albums that came out in Brazil that didn't come out, you know, stateside. Um, 
and he always has some big talent on his records. Uh, he has the drummer from Azimuth on here, Ivan Conti. Um, he has the composer and keyboardist, uh, Lincoln Olivetti, on here as well. Uh, Lincoln Olivetti, who passed a few years ago, quite young, um, too. But um, he's definitely known for his very uh, funky or quote unquote, like uh, boogie styled productions um, that he was doing down in Brazil that really, um, I don't want to say rival what was going on here in, US, in the U.S., but if you would just, you know, put your ear to it, you wouldn't know that it was coming from Brazil. You would think mm. that it was, you know, just some American cat, you know, getting down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, Marcio definitely had a great ear for talent and always picked the right musicians to play with him. And the track I'm going to be playing is called Patamar. It's like a, uh, it's smooth, but it's like, like kind of like hard in a way, like the the way the drums are styled and the way the uh, way the horns are kind of styled. So y'all will see what I mean or hear what I mean when we start this off. So Marcio Montenroyos, Patamar. Ooh, I like that intro. Right. waiting to be sampled. So yeah, Marcelo Monteroyos with uh, Patamar. I don't know what Patamar means. Um, I actually think the, his record label was named Lormar. So maybe there's some kind of relation there. I don't know. But um Awesome album from front to back, 1982, Columbia Records, U.S. release. And uh, shout out to my brother, the ologist, who has his uh, show on the Universal Rhythms Radio, where he uses the same track as his uh, intro music. Yeah, so, uh, I see that. Like that, in as soon as it started, and you know what? It's funny that you say uh, this song is just waiting for someone to sample. I could definitely hear like a Sean Price. Like, mm. like rhyming over. Oh, Daryl's back. Hey. hey. You just power missed some dope the, shit. Yeah, I know. We had a power outage in the building just quick. Uh, just like a quick power outage. That, that never happened before, but it's all good. Yeah. We backed up. It's all good. Ain't, ain't no stopping us, man. Ain't no, ain't stop no stopping us. us. No stopping. <laughs> no one does it better. Exactly. So, yeah. There we go. A little Brazilian heat to, to start off my selections for the day. 
what's up d you you ready to groove you got something else lined up you want us to no bro we roll with it hey man you know i come from radio bro so I oh come... yeah I, I shouldn't even have to ask yeah i mean we just move we move with the spirit bro if the spirit say move you got to move so yeah. what we're going back to right now is um we're going to do a little modern funk thing from um again from the star creatures label y'all know I don't really and it's funny it's weird that i say that it's not i don't really um do a lot of the modern funk thing man i i really don't man it's i'm really choosy with whom i get down with i know that sounds crazy but um i'm very selective but anything that's on that star creature label i'm always going to support and again here's another one of those songs this song is called case of the shakes so hopefully you guys love what I'm getting ready to share from you. This is from E-Live. He's out of the Bay. I don't know anything else about this artist, again, because, like I said, I don't really follow a lot of the modern funk artists, you know, outside of Dame Funk and a couple other ones like XL Middleton and Monica, but um, K-Max. But let's go ahead and taste this. of the shakes mm. um i had to grab this yeah that thing was funky um it, like i tell you guys and i've, I've said this mm -hmm. on this show before anytime that you get anything uh, any type of star creature release please grab it i think i ended up getting the second release of this i didn't even get the first one um when they i missed the first one and when he put it out again i jumped on it because man this just reminds me of like riding around the city with my mother. My mother used to play things like this, SOS band, you know, sounds like this. This is reminiscent, like SOS band, Najee, stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I like about this record. All right, yeah, that definitely West Coast vibe for sure. And you know Ooh. what, I'm a big fan of Dame Funk. I actually met him. He came through to Soul Assassin's Radio. Um, he was pushing a new album at the time, which is freaking fire, um, yeah. but yeah. He's super talented, super chill, too. Exactly how his music is. <laughs> the coolest person on planet Earth. On planet Earth. Yes. Um, yes, I, I, um, I saw Dame in concert, I want to say maybe like 2009 in, um, in Philly at a spot called Kung Fu Necktie, small little, small little spot. And I, it was like his first or second time out in Philly. And, um, 
it was back. Folks were still calling him Damn Funk. Damn, they still <laughs> call him Damn That's Funk. That's fitting too. Funk. And <laughs> he hates that. He hates that shit too. <laughs> so and um, he did a. It was a DJ set, but you know he was playing keys over top of things, and you know doing doing his his vocals over top of tracks and whatnot. And after the show, um, you know, he came out, those of us who was left, there was still a decent amount of people left. He just came out and, you know, he probably gave everybody like two, three minutes, talked to him, dapped him up, you know what I mean? Just went around to everybody. And that was uh, just one thing I'll always remember about the brother. Um, yeah, man. Sounds about right. Shout What's out up to DF, man? Love you, man. Uh, DF is going to be getting down with a, Funkmosphere crew will be getting down with um, Rakim and um, DJ Jazzy Jeff in August, if you are here in, the, in L.A. So if you guys are uh, able to Wait, jump a part of that. Tell me you know more it. about this. Well, <laughs> you know about it now. I'm telling you now. Um, I'm telling you now. You might want to get your tickets now. The first wave of tickets already went away. Um, I'll have that information for you in just a second. Um, but, yeah, the first wave of tickets have already sold so they already in the second wave right now so you guys don't want to play around with that if you're in the la area and i'll have that by the next song i have all of that information well i have it right now um august the 20th so um funk is going to be rock him um with dj jazzy jeff uh d mike b and the funk atmosphere djs are all going to be spinning um it's going to be a good night but it's thrown by we are i mean we are or or love so at we are or love check them out um support because that's gonna be a show la's gonna go crazy it's called panic in la check it out nice okay so check yeah, that out y'all want to be there for that if you're in la in that time anybody if you're in la at that time i promise you you might want to get your tickets now yeah uh jazzy you know puts on a show man that's a whole nother monster jazzy mm -hmm. man that brother's special mm -hmm. that brother's special oh, so, what, what uh, special tunes do y'all have on deck what's next what's oh, next? It's me um so up next i'm gonna change it up a little bit um we have one third of labelle we have a distant cousin of mr jimmy hendrix Nona Hendrix. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yo, Daryl's like, yes! Um, this album, Female Trouble, which is probably, you know, probably a, a, a title track from, from my life story, um, came out in 87. And the song I'm a play is probably the most successful, I guess, commercially successful single from this album, which is I Why Should I Cry? Um, I just like it, so I'm gonna play it. Nona Hendrix, you see how she changed the spelling to YX instead of the I. Why should I cry?
Chris, why should I cry? Yeah. Jimmy Jammy. That's some Jimmy Jammy Terry Lewis production right there. Hey. It's funny that we were just I was just talking about SOS band, and you could tell that's an easy, oh. easy song that SOS could have could have used. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Definitely had that sound. And um Nona's Nona's uh she's on IG. I mean, if you go follow her page, she's kicking up dust, talking shit. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. I need Nona's to follow still, her. Yeah, Nona, she got she got some fire, man. She got some fire on her still. No, so, no. She told y'all she was female trouble. She did. <laughs> Look she at her outfit. You. Yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She always scared me when I was a kid. Like, not, you know what I'm saying? Like, she always had that. Her and Grace Jones always had that that look like they could just rough you up. You know, um, it's not really, it's not really, like, known now, it seems. Like, because, like, like, Patti LaBelle is, like, her own entity. Mm-hmm. But, like, people don't realize that, like, when LaBelle came out, they was they weren't, like, you know, like, your regular soul group. You know, they were left field with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was they they came out, they had kind of like little uh a little rock edge in some of their songs, you know. Yeah, they yeah. had the outfits like, you know, almost like a, a female P funk in a way, you know what I'm saying? Like they were <laughs> Yeah, they weren't your mainstream soul group, you know what I mean? They had hits, but you know, they those some very, very extremely creative ladies right there. So yeah, shout right. out to them. Definitely yeah. shout out to them. And shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to everybody that's here. Shout out to Bruce. Shout out to Chaotic Blaze for even when the power goes out, they keep the show rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, imagine we just left like, all right, show's done. Yeah, I was like, oh, damn, man. Season finale, man. It's what we doing. All right, man. Come on. Damn. <laughs> you know, like with most season finales, we got to leave the viewers with like a cliffhanger. Yeah, something right. to keep him back coming back. Well, Daryl be back next season. Is he coming back? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess Falcon Crest or, or Dallas or something. <laughs> Will he return? I'm telling my age right then. Y'all motherfuckers looking like, what the fuck is Falcon Crest? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do not know. I do not know. I will admit. <laughs> What you I got like next, a ship bro? or something? <laughs> right, yeah, man, Falcon Crest. Falcon Crest came on right after Dynasty. It was like one of those kind of little oh. like uh, late night. So it was Dallas Dynasty, Falcon Crest. One of those late night kind of things. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really cool. You had to live it. <laughs> All right, so uh, so my next joint uh, is by probably my favorite male vocalist which is the brother Marvin um, off of my favorite album of his, uh, Hear My Dear, 1978. And uh, this album, it doesn't sound like a a soul album from 78. It definitely sounds like it was made years before. Um, But he adds in all kinds of different elements. There's definitely a heavy jazz influence on the album. Lots of really dope sax solos, um, lots of Fender Rose all over the album, great percussion. Um, and I guess he was going through a tumultuous period in his life when he made this. And those are the kind of experiences that um, oftentimes make the best music. And the track I'll be playing is, um, Is That Enough? 
which is probably, I always say I got favorite this, favorite that, but it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I like every single song. Um, and also, if y'all haven't heard, I strongly urge anybody who's a Marvin fan to check out the expanded editions of any of his, his 70s albums, um, even up to uh, Midnight Love, his last album. Um, those, in my opinion, are some of the finest like reissues that ever came out. They're not all wax; they're only on CD and digital. Um, they came out in the early 2000s, um, but they have so much bonus material, alternate versions, unedited cuts, and uh, this this the Hear My Dear um, reissue expanded edition is, is like four CDs worth, I think, something like mm. that. But anyways. Is Marvin Gaye, Is That Enough? And y'all will recognize the intro from this song. So, yeah, check it out. All right. With the hands free phone. I was young and fine, and you plucked me clean. Classic three six mafia sample for sipping on some scissor, which I don't condone. You do that, you know, sip on some seltzer water or some soda instead, or water. Um, that's the best choice. Um, but what an ear to to pick a sample like that and flip it into what they what they did with it. Um, and yeah, this whole album is full of kind of left field sounds like that synthesizers and. You know, it's not your average Marvin Gaye album. And um, I guess that's the kind of sound that I often gravitate towards, you know, um, just slightly left field. But um, just an amazing, amazing album and incredible lyrics, as you, you guys heard. Um, so, yeah. Is that enough? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Fire, fire, fire choice. 
What's the joint on there uh, about love? Uh, that's my favorite one on there. I, the whole thing the is whole about album. No, it's a song on there love. where he says even the slimy seal needs love. Oh, oh, um, hold on. Um, <laughs> that is everybody needs love. Everybody needs love. That's mm, the one. Love. Do, 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 the way that dude be on them drums, man. Yeah, the, the drum. The whoever's playing drums on this album, I don't know. I don't know if it's Marvin playing on some of the cuts. Um, I think he may have played on some of the cuts. He killed it. Whoever that drum drummer was on that song, yeah, yeah. I love I love that record a lot. I, I I was going through a divorce when I learned that record. So yeah, oh, it wasn't even a divorce. It was my first little fiance. We didn't make it. And that's when I learned that record. So that was like when that when that when they started releasing those expanded box sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I bought that album. That's when I. Yeah, it's funny how life imitates art. Art imitates life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that last Marvin release that they did, um, what was it called? You're the man or something like that. That that came out like two years ago. They, they they build it as like a um, lost and found Marvin album. I didn't purchase. I, I'm not I'm not hip on that one. So most of those cuts had already been released on the expanded editions 15 years prior. So they were already in circulation, which is you know, Corny, but it, you know the couple songs that you know hadn't been released were were cool. But um, I, I don't know. You kind of. Some of them you could kind of tell why they weren't released, but um, but yeah, Marvin is a brother who most of what he touched was if it wasn't gold, it was at least silver or 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 bronze, you know what I'm saying? Not a fact. <laughs> so, yeah, Marvin Gay, is that enough here, my dear? I like how old engineers went like told me about him, like he didn't, he never sang with earphones on, he just literally just sang no earphones on hearing his voice i'm like wow you know what i'm saying like only a couple of the greats did stuff like that you know what i'm saying and another another anecdote about some of those releases they're like there are some acapella versions um sprinkled throughout some of those expanded editions and just to hear his vocals alone and the different layers and my like he could be singing two three different lyrics you know written lyrics lines at a time all the different vocals and it all goes together with no headphones it's amazing it's really amazing stuff yeah Um, with no like that is crazy to me yeah Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna take this thing uh to 1995 ish yeah this was 95 yeah and um this is where um hold on let's see i think that's right Ola just said something I want to make sure we break that out right here. Ben. Yo, shout out to all the viewers, those on Twitch, YouTube. Man, shout out to Ola just. Well, I'm taking this to 95. This was a group released by, uh, this was actually the very last record I got from my aunt before uh, she got the axe from Warner. Um, this is a group called Stepchild. They were based out of Los Angeles and they were uh, kind of familiar. They would put you in a kind of a mindset of a, like a um i would want to say i don't even want to compare them to nobody because it really wouldn't be fair they were just 
a little bit before their time. And this was around that time when Warner didn't know what to do and Prince is writing Slave on his face. And I think Benny Medina was running um, a lot of uh, the urban stuff over on Warner. But this is Stepchild and the song was called Hanging Around. They had some good songs on this album, but this single was their first single. <laughs> What's it like, man? It's like me. I freak, don't sleep. I'm coming at ya. See the getting deep, rewind and repeat. Listen to the sound of step child. Be sure to make it tweak. Now can I get hey? What's that sound? Brothers just hanging around Don't even ask me what's up Cause you know I get down If you dig what I'm saying Give me a pound We be flipping it, ripping it We got the flavor And everybody sipping it uh, Now tell me does it taste good I thought it would I thought it would Yeah, watch out You know what I'm about I get wild and make the broad child So get in line and get your ticket And if you wanna know How the brothers kick it Walking that walk with an attitude Talking that talk like the OGs do Walking that walk with an attitude Cause we're just singing around Singing in real like Steptow Hey, now it's time for the get wild Singing in real like Steptow Hey, now it's time for the get wild I bet you never heard nobody freak it like we do We do I bet you never heard nobody freak it like we do that's a west coast nice and smooth <laughs> with the melodies and the in the in the bars all right turn your mic on d turn your mic on uh yeah a little nice and smooth a cheaper far side you know <laughs> I, I don't i don't want to disrespect because i knew a, a couple of these members but i just don't think warners really knew what that was around that time where they just weren't really working well with urban x and again, their biggest act was walking around with slave on his face. So, you know, they were kind of in disarray. So they didn't really know, you know, what they were doing around that time. But they they missed out on a couple of because it was a couple of singles on this album that really could have made a, a, a strong impact. Now, was that actually released or was that just promo only? No, it's a release. It's a video oh. for it and everything. Oh, they wow. have. Shit. Yeah, they actually. um and if you watch the video, I mean, they're downtown L.A. I remember this video. I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember my aunt telling me around this. This was around the time, like I said, 95. So it was like this album. Um, I remember Casterin. It was a couple of people they had around that time. Warners just didn't know what they were doing with a lot of the, uh, the urban acts at that time because their biggest act was in disarray. And if I can say this, it almost sounds like like whoever they had engineering that session or recording or, or mixing it after the fact, maybe was a little confused as to what to do too, because they mixed those vocals like they're, like they're rap vocals mm. when they should have been a little bit more care to the, to the harmonies. Cause they're, they're singing and they got the different, you know, they almost got their little, it's like a modern temptations in a way you had the low dude, you had the high dude and they're doing it all in between, but they mixed those vocals like the rap vocals when they probably should have, um, I don't know, I don't got all the proper terminology, but they probably could have, you know, not had them so out front in the way in the way they did over top of the over top of the beat. 
And that's kind of indicative of, of folks, you know, because back then, a lot of times they also had like like rock and pop engineers recording rap records and they didn't know how to really mix a rap record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get what you're saying because you got a strong hip hop track and then you got these cats. They just really didn't know what mm-hmm. what where to put them and where to what to do with them. And it, it's clear. But, man, it's a song on that album called Live For Today. Um, but I hope to see tomorrow when I tell you um, it, it, it hits me in my heart because that was the day that my homeboy bear um, it was, it was, it was graduation and bear ended up getting killed. And we were playing that song. Uh, I pays bear. He, I ran to the phone and uh, his girl pays this back and was like, he had just got shot. So like every time I hear that album, it's just like, it's a special album to me. It may not mean nothing to a lot of other people, but I really wish they would have got that push, but they got some songs on that album. That's dope. What's, what's their name again? Stepchild. Stepchild. Yeah, they definitely, you could tell those were some creative brothers. They definitely had their thinking caps on when it came to, you know, putting together a yeah. song. Just mm-hmm. before their time. That's all. Mm-hmm. Or at the wrong label. I ain't even going to say it before their time. Sometimes you could just be at the wrong place at at the right time. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, with that being said, um, the next song actually I'm going to play is from an artist who got her start on Broadway and then um, transitioned into um, the limelight of music. Her name, actually, I'll, I'll save her name before, until I actually show the cover. You ever see um, a record and you're like yeah she could sing like S-A-N-G tell me she can't sing <laughs> <laughs> you already tell know me, what that is tell me something different this is the debut album from Jennifer Holiday. Um, feel my soul and the song I'm going to play is Shine a Light um, the intro to this song is really cr- is really dope, like crazy in a, in a really good way. Um, so yeah, Jennifer Holiday. expecting that right
Delight, Jennifer Holiday off the her debut, Feel My Soul. Yeah. That's a that's a jam right there. I, I've yes, seen that record so many times. I would have never. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick that joint up. <laughs> You're like, wait I a minute. She sang, but she can make some good piece cobbler too, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. What? I've been blessed to be in a studio session with that beautiful voice right there and i she can make some good peach cobblers yo if you ever see her again tell her i just looked at her face and i knew <laughs> i knew she had pipes <laughs> turn the light on shine a light shine a light turn your light on shine a light she yeah. probably hold it down at thanksgiving too <laughs> hey man that voice peach cobbler oh man yeah (laughs) y'all know y'all know what she's famous for don't you uh dream girls dream girls yeah okay i was gonna say that's what i was saying broadway she is the voice that's the voice dream girls yeah okay that is that voice all right so from one female vocalist to another um this album is actually one uh, that I bought online recently uh, because I wanted a uh, a clean promo copy of the album. You know, I've, I've had just the regular release, but I wanted a clean promo copy. And um, I bought it, you know, it was advertised as VG plus VG plus. And I had a long description about how beautiful condition it was. And there was, and the cover was, uh, uh, there was, there was nowhere on the cover. Um, the record was spotless. And, um, so it's kind of hard to see through the camera. This is Gene Karn, happy to be with you. But, you know, the front of the cover has, it had stickers on it. I peeled them off, but there's residue. Um, all the edges are are kind of eaten up a little bit. It's dirty uh, on both sides. Uh, there's pops and clicks on many of the tracks. Uh, so I was very, very let down because I only bought it because I can get a copy in, in, in stores, but I only bought this online because I wanted a promo, a clean promo copy. And it was not that. But uh, the highlight is it does have one of my favorite songs. Here I go talking about favorites again. And uh, so Jean, she was with Philly International Records at this point. I believe this may have been her third album with uh, PIR. And the team, they reached back to some of her work that she did with her former husband, Doug Karn, on the Black Jazz label, uh, which was uh, California-based, uh, maybe L.A.-based, actually. And um, they, they, uh, they covered or they uh, rehashed two songs uh, from back during that period, uh, Revelation and Infant Eyes, and they combined it into a single song. And it was a, arranged by the wonderful, wonderful keyboardist, composer, arranger, Dexter Wanzell, who uh, was a house writer and arranger for Philadelphia International. He got a lot of credits on the label, but he did a lot of the stuff under the table for the label as well. Um, and I'm going to play uh, the Revelation uh, song awesome awesome song and 
what Dexter did to it with this arrangement is just fantastic. It's only like a minute and a half long uh, before it goes into infantize and switches gears into like a a, a more softer uh, song. But uh, but yeah, let me stop talking about it and I'm just going going to play it for y'all. So uh, here's Gene Karn with Revelation. And... and it's really great lyrics. Just like that, it's done. Gene Corn Revelation. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, so the lyrics to this song just really, um, really speak to me. Um, I think the main gist of it is, um, you know, not letting external forces um, that you cannot control um, kind of take hold of your life and and there's not a, you know, it doesn't have a specific religious orientation to it. It's, it's kind of a universal thing, but she's saying, you know, a ray of light came down to my brain, uh, a thought so bright I could never be the same, you know, revelation, a transformation. And uh, I don't know, that just, that just really speaks volumes to me. And the song is beautiful. So um, it's like, it's like a disco jazz kind of, kind of thing. Um, just a beautiful piece of music from a wonderful label um, who definitely, the thing I really like about Philadelphia International a lot is that they they had, you know, amongst all the big hits, like there usually would be a track on each album um, that would kind of touch on uh, some kind of real world um, or like mental uh, health kind of topic. And um, and there was always some kind of message like Kenny Gamble or Leon Huff. Usually Kenny Gamble would uh, do a little write up on the back of the albums and, you know, just say something about, you know, uh, you know, world politics or, or just something, something positive. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just powerful music. Gene Karn, Revelation. Yes. Shout out to Philly International celebrating 50 years this year. Um, this is their 50th year. And shout out to Jean Kern, who still makes her home in East Point, Georgia. So shout out to her. And She's we're going to shout out the city of Philadelphia, who's trying to knock down Philly International buildings. 
So they already knocked down one of their studios and they had been, people had to campaign for other buildings not to be knocked down. Mm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, it's really shameful that they would want to tear down their history like that. Um, yeah. Which is crazy because they used to own um, Gamelin Huff own half of, they own like the majority of the blocks that was around that. Um, they own that building and the block. So, um, which is, that's just kind of weird to me, you know, that that would happen. Cause I know that they put a lot of money into those communities um, for a long time. Uh, they touched the world, man. Yeah. They touched the world. Well, my last track for this one is a, a record. It's a little kind of, ah, it is what it is. His name is Mr. Jesse James. Uh, it's a little blurry. You'll see him when he sits down. And the name of the, uh, this album is called It Takes One to Know One. The song I'm getting ready to play for you guys is just that. It Takes One to Know One. Um, you have production from um, Felton Pilot. And um, I'm missing some. Oh, and Carl Lockett, um, both from um, Confunction and, and a host of other different musicians. But um, I'm, I'm never really the one that's going to be on the album and say oh this person played on this let me grab it i've never really been that type of dude i just kind of go with how i feel i'm just being honest um um so but i know the history of felton's pen and his musicianship so i trusted that name enough so um let's go ahead and get to it it takes one to know one That's all right. I got something to tell you. It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. I know if you don't want to hear it, but if the shoe fits well, you've been out there talking behind my back. And you know that ain't right. track come on somebody <laughs> what's so beautiful about this record though is um it's built as a it's a blues record and the liner notes it, it, it starts off like this the liner note is written specifically to all black and urban radio stations and music directors just as it took 
the likes of Herbie Hancock, Stanley Clark, Ramsey Lewis, Donald Byrd and Bobby Humphrey, and record executives Don Mizell to bring back the remnants of jazz culture in the late 60s and the early 70s under the concept of jazz fusion, we here at TTED Records feel and have been blessed with the ingredient to make the present realm of R&B fusion. So they want to bring back the blues in a strong way, and that's what they did with Jesse James. I like that so much. It takes one to know one. Come on, somebody. That was dope. Um, <laughs> nowadays, they call that party blues. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 still that that sound is still being made to this day. It is, um, and it's definitely big in like black cities like Atlanta. Like there's there's at least one or two radio shows on Atlanta Airwaves that play strictly that um, that style from artists now. Um, so it's it's definitely you know it takes one to know one man. It takes one to know one. <laughs> That's such a throwback, you know, defense when you're like in third grade. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break one. my bones. <laughs> Oh boy, that was good. That that made me laugh actually. That you see, I was chuckling the whole time. I was contemplating. I've been contemplating on playing that for about four weeks now. So yeah, I finally was able to bring him out today. I'm glad he, you brought that. Yo, I just I wish you know I could be a fly in the wall to when he was writing that. Whoever wrote the track. Whoa! <laughs> it was the how he started it. What did you say? What <laughs> word? You know what? Next time we get on, I have a track. Um, is it Tramp? It's like the same kind of banter uh, uh, with men, a man and a woman, just like, you know, she's like, you ain't shit. I mean, she she didn't say you ain't shit, but it's on the lines of you ain't shit in a song. But yeah. You, you know who made uh, who? It's, fu it's funny you said it like that because that RZA song, when that Bobby Digital first came out, oh my God, that was my favorite song on it. Well, that in digital, digital, do, 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 do. but I used to love that. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't your mommy, ain't your daddy. Ain't, man. It was like, who is he mad at? Like, Rizzo was really mad at, or Bobby Digital was really mad at somebody at that uh set, <laughs> possibly. Um, oh, so my turn, Hold your turn, yeah, another 45. Um, Actually, this is the first single from uh, Leon Dinero, who uh, this actually came out in 2019. Very inspired uh, from the Jamaican rock steady feel. Um, this is actually a ska version of Lover Like Me. Um, this is Leon Dinero.
with me, Leon Dinero. That's hard. That was dope. Right? 2019, you said? <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was 2019? Yeah, 2019. Wow. That's hard. Fire. Yeah, that was really dope. That's hard. That's hard. Do, what? Like, I think we talked about this briefly. Like, what is the difference between Sky and Roots Reggae? Like, I'm really thrown off by this. Okay. So, Sky is, Sky came before Reggae. Uh, Sky came along in the 60s and like the um, early to mid mid 60s. Um, and it was up tempo, like you heard. And, um, and then Reggae is really, it is like the ha- all, it like halved the tempo of sky, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's the difference, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just kind of have slowed down the pace a bit, you know what I mean? I like it. <laughs> so it really went from like sky to then rock steady, and then to reggae, and it just kind of slowed down each each little step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, those are. I love anytime someone asks me to play a, a, a bass line on a older on a they say, man, you got an older reggae feel. That is my favorite type of bass line to play on, to be honest with you, because, you know, what I'm saying just you just let one beat ride. Doom, 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 you know what I'm saying? And then just let it go. Ah, going to a whole nother world, man. Mm. OK. Uh, <laughs> what's next, brother Bruce? Before I so, get start thinking about shit, I ain't supposed to. No, no. <laughs> so. Before no, it ain't got nothing to do with women. I'm talking about music, y'all. I didn't even, you said it. I didn't say shit. You're right. I did. I did. All right. All right. Let me just right. play my music, bro, before you start thinking and talking about stuff that you shouldn't be. Oh, bam. <laughs> All right. So um, for my last joint of the season, of the season, Ooh. it uh, adds a little flair to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this is Johnny Hammond from his album, uh, Taurus, Forever Taurus. Um, the album cover is a little, little corny, uh, but the music is really dope. And this album comes right off the heels of him working with the Mizell brothers for uh, the Gears album and then uh, Gambler's Life. And so he was no longer working with the Mizells, but they definitely changed his approach um to music and you can definitely definitely left a lasting influence on the brother um so this album kind of flies under the radar but it's it's really dope and i'm going to be playing the track cosmic voyager Mm. so johnny hammond cosmic voyager y'all Thank you. 
Johnny Johnny Hammond, Cosmic Voyager. Um, you can definitely hear the Mizell's influence in that sound right there. And um, yeah, it's a great album. I don't actually see it that often. Um, it's not expensive or anything, but I just don't really see it. Maybe it's because I'm not looking for it. You know, mm. I'll tell you the truth. But uh, the title is very fitting. Mm-hmm. Very fitting title. For real, yeah, for definitely real. makes yeah. you feel like you're going on a flight there. And this is uh, Milestone Records too. So Milestone, a lot of lot of dope music coming out on Milestone Records around this time period, 1976. So uh, yeah, Johnny Hammond. Shout out to Johnny Hammond. Shout out to Chaotic Blaze. Shout out to Bruce Phillips. And shout out to Daryl. Yes, love. This has been a, a a cool experience. Um, season one of uh, what is this? Music is the key. I, so many shows running through my brain. I had to look at the screen to figure out which one of these shows is this. Music is the key. So um, this has been beautiful. Uh, Blaze, first and foremost, thank you for yes. coming on with us and getting down with us. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Oh, to yeah. Talk about music is dope. I, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, and brother Bruce, how you feeling over there, man? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. You know, uh, this has been a great experience, and like you said, it's it's great having Blaze on the squad now. And um, yeah, man, it's just it's it's a good experience. This has been a great experience. Uh, and shout out to all the uh, all the viewers who who chime in, um, you know, and and catches live or, or catches on the. Uh, on the replay, whether on YouTube or SoundCloud. Uh, so shout out to the Ologists, BX Legal, uh, Paulie BX, DJ Tiffstar, hey. and everybody else who uh, tunes in. And uh, we, we appreciate all y'all. We appreciate y'all. Yes, hey, I, I couldn't have said it better, man. It's, I'm, I'm happy to just, to, you know, to be able to share this music with everyone. and. Hey, I hope everyone enjoyed season one of this. We're going to take a little break, come back, reconvene. We'll let you guys know. We'll be dropping little gems from this show. We're going to spread them out a little bit. I won't drop them how, you know, normally we'll do it. We're going to be, you know, have to play some periodically because we're going to be on a little break and we got to keep some content flowing. So you got to be smart about that. But and if y'all and if, and if want the content, you're going to always go back. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. That's what I was getting ready to say. And we got we got 20 episodes, 20 episodes deep on YouTube and SoundCloud. Um, so, you know, check the archives. There's tons of great music. And uh, and follow us on IG if you're if you if you're not, you know, uh, I'm sure you can learn a little bit of something uh, from each <laughs> one of us or, or be led, you know, somewhere or you can definitely be put in contact contact with some uh some good music good people good vibes so uh yeah music is the key baby well there it is um we're gonna close this show out so anybody got anything else to say before we roll out enjoy your summer y'all peace we'll peace